Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of your hearts, all of our hearts, be acceptable in your sight. O God, our strength, our rock, and our redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. So Jesus has just been squeezed off a beach. There are so many people gathered to hear him speak. It's so crowded on the shore that he's forced to hop into a boat. Here, Jesus turns the prow of the ship into a makeshift pulpit, and he begins to teach. Jesus begins to teach from his sea-bound lectern with this parable, which begins a string of seven. Farmer went out one day to seed his field. He went out and just tossed the seed everywhere, from one end of the field to the other. This wasn't a perfect field. Some of it was rocky, and the seeds had nowhere to dig in. Some of the soil was good, but only an inch or so deep, so the root system wasn't able to retain the kind of moisture that would keep the plants from getting scorched by the sun. Some of it was overcome with brambles that choked out and dominated any seeds that sprouted between my neighbor's raspberry bush. But then there was some other soil, Jesus says, rich, deep, well-fertilized, perfect pH balance. These seeds did not only sprout and stretch out towards the sun, sevenfold would have been a decent year, tenfold would have been surprisingly good, but these grain stalks in the good soil, it says, brought forth grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty and some 30, the seeds exploded with life. This little patch went crazy. Three out of four, 75% of all those seeds that the farmers tossed out there, the majority of seeds went to waste, never wormed their way into soil, never grew into, into anything decent. But one in four, the 25% did. And the harvest was so massive that the number of wasted seeds paled in comparison. The abundance brought forth by the few made up for the loss of all the rest. Now, many interpreters of this parable throughout the ages have thought of this parable as a kind of encouragement to its listeners in the church, especially in hard times, to see ourselves as sowers, and to see the seed as Jesus' good news. Scattered wide, many will hear it, but few will respond. But we shouldn't be disheartened when people aren't immediately drawn in in droves, that like the seed that falls on the path, the rocky soil, and in between the weeds, the message of Jesus won't root down everywhere. But in some cases, it will. The seed will sprout, and lives will bear much fruit. Others will hear and be changed by it. You can imagine that this interpretation is favored by those who identify with the more evangelical persuasion in the church. 
That when things look bleak for us in our churches, the message of the good news in this parable is vigilance. It's perseverance with the trust that the spiritual seed we scatter will land in good soil and sprout. At least eventually. So have faith. But nearly all of the sermons I've heard in modern churches take a similar take, but add a little twist. This interpretation sees the seed less as the good news we hear, and more as the seeds of God's kingdom, God's, being, uh, God's kingdom being the world as God wants it to be, as God has always intended it to be. The world set right where every tear is wiped away, every wrong righted, where justice flows down like waters and righteousness, a mighty stream, where we're called through good deeds, through compassion and justice to plant God's kingdom locally, nationally, globally. We may feel discouraged at times, is how the sermon goes. Like this important work seems to have little impact more often than not, showing loving kindness to the loveless, serving the poor and disadvantaged, advocating and, ad and agitating for uh, change in systems of oppression uh, for the least of these. And Jesus says, keep scattering the seeds far and wide and eventually some will root in. Tears will be wiped away. Wrongs will be right. And injustice will flow down like water. So you can imagine that this is the interpretation that gets the endorphins running of many United Church people and other liberal Protestants. Keep sowing, keep planting, and one day the kingdom will explode like a garden overflowing with God's goodness over all the earth. One day. So persevere. Keep scattering the seeds. Have faith. And you know, I think both of these interpretations are true. That disciples, followers of Jesus, are called to scatter the word of God's kingdom near and far. You can't have one without the other. The people of Jesus are called to plant God's kingdom in word and deed. You can't separate the two. And I believe Jesus' promise when he says that him and his way have scattered as seed widely will find its way to flourish. Through it, God will touch hearts, transform lives, bear fruits of mercy and goodness, forgiveness and reconciliation. To paraphrase that great spiritual classic, Field of Dreams, if you toss them, they'll grow. So have faith. But as true as they are, as true as they are, I think we're missing one more thing we need to hear, especially churches in the 21st century. A crucial step in the process, one that's missing before we get to the work of scattering seeds of God's kingdom in the world. Usually we sort of skip over that part, the why question. Before we think of ourselves as doing the work of the sower, in planting the kingdom, Jesus encourages us to think of ourselves first as the soil meant to receive the seed and to bear fruit in our own lives. That's the step that we usually skip over. 
because you see there's this open-endedness to Jesus' parables. People are stunned, confused. They've got this to tease meaning out of them. In fact, when Jesus tells this parable in two other Gospels, Mark and Luke, he just leaves it right there. He leaves the parable right there with the scattering of seeds. But here, in this passage, Jesus does something that he doesn't always do. Jesus actually explains what he meant by the parable. It's sort of like, you know, somebody who tells you a joke and then walks through every step to tell you why it's funny. You know, Jesus sort of ruins the punchline of this parable, but in doing so, he sort of refocuses, refocuses it, and he alters its meaning. The interpretation adds another layer to this whole thing. Remember those seeds that fell on the path and the birds that ate them, Jesus says? That's like when somebody hears the good news and just doesn't get it. The seeds go nowhere. They have nowhere to root in, so they're just wasted. Oh, and the ones that fell on the rocky ground, just enough topsoil to root in just a little bit, but not enough, that's somebody who hears the good news and who's all on board. Woo! Jesus! Yeah! Right away. But their faith is the shallow kind. All smiles and sunshine. No deep sustaining roots. So when life gets tough, it all falls apart, and they just drop the whole thing all together. And the seeds that fell among the thorns surrounded by brambles, this is the person who hears the good news, but their heart is so crowded with the drive for money, for stuff, for prestige, that the good news is just squeezed out, choked away before anything can sprout. Ah, but the one that fell on good soil, this is the person who hears the good news and understands it. Not just understands it as an idea, but it resonates in them. From head to heart to hands. The soil of their soul is hospitable to this new life. And so the seed roots in deep. It flourishes. It grows green in the sun and bears more fruit than they ever thought possible. That's what happens when you have good soil. So here Jesus' interpretation makes this less about the Sawyer, so, well, Tom Sawyer, no, less about, it's not about Tom Sawyer at all, in fact. Um, <laughs> here Jesus' interpretation makes this less about the sower and more about the soil. It's less about Jesus' followers keeping at it, working hard, although I know we church people love to work hard. Less about sowing seed and persevering, and instead it becomes more about what good soil looks like. About the kind of conditions necessary for the good news to root deep down in their own hearts and for God to flourish in their lives. And unless they're able to bear fruit in their own lives, they won't have any new seeds of faith to scatter. So cultivating their own soil for the seeds is where it begins and where their anxiety ends. 
you know, there's a common misperception that Christianity is first and foremost a moral code or a list of ethics. It's made by Christians of all stripes. That it's first about what we're supposed to do or don't do, what we do or don't do. Do justice. Don't buy factory farmed eggs. A good thing to do in both cases. Tithe your money 10% or more. Or don't drink, smoke, or have marital sex. Or have premarital sex. Ooh. Ooh. I would try to explain that like Jesus, but uh, says the parable, but I'll leave that one to you. But we miss this crucial step before ethics, before what we should do with our lives. And when we do, Jesus' way becomes about judgment over grace. When we think it's first about judging others and being judged worthy by our behaviors, that it's first about scattering seeds. But it begins elsewhere. Scattering seeds is good. Ethics, the way we live our lives are important. But they're the outcome of the well-cultivated spiritual life. It begins elsewhere. It begins, who would have thought, with God. It begins with God. The great writer and Presbyterian minister Frederick Buechner once put it like this. What is both good and new about the good news is the wild claim that Jesus did not simply tell us that God loves us, even in our wickedness and folly, and wants us to love each other the same way, and to love him too. But if, that we, if we let him, God will actually bring about this unprecedented transformation of our hearts himself, or herself. What is both good and new about the good news is the mad insistence that Jesus lives on among us, not just as another haunting memory, but as the outlandish, holy, and invisible power of God working in countless ways to make even slobs like us loving and whole beyond anything we could conceivably pull off by ourselves. This is what Jesus means by the seed of the kingdom. This is the promise of the gospel first and foremost, the outlandish, holy, and invisible power of God working within us. Transformation inside and out. The seed that, if given good soil, can root down in our souls and change us and eventually change the world to be more like Jesus. And so the world becomes more like Christ Two, it makes sense because in the Bible, the first person's name is Adam, which means earthling, made of the earth. The word human has its roots in hummus, topsoil. Our human lives are the soil for God's mercy and grace in the world. This is something that is so easy to forget, that we need to be reminded of again and again and again. And this is something that has made us here at St. George's clarify our own mission, that we're about inviting, inspiring, and investing in the way of Jesus Christ. The second piece actually says 
it all, that everything we do is meant to open us up to the life-altering power of God's Spirit. Worship, small group ministries, friendships, programs of Christian formation, ministries of justice, mercy, and generosity, giving of our times, talent, and treasure. Each of these are the gospel plow for our hardened hearts where we help God break down the barriers of pain, shame, and disbelief that keep new life from rooting in, where we bust up the rocky soil of easy, sentimental, superficial faith so resilient lives can germinate, where we pluck the life-choking brambles of greed and selfishness to bear the fruit of generosity. We can scatter seeds, we can plant all the we want, but God gives the growth. And that growth starts with us. It starts with us. The seed planted within us and as a community of faith. So, church. Churches. Universal church. Holy Catholic church. Beloved in Christ, your invitation today is not to first see yourselves in terms of what you ought to do next. Whether it's what good you might do or what programs your churches might do to flourish and grow, but to understand your life as a little patch of soil in God's new creation. A seed that has been scattered, has been planted in you, and that through you, with some nurture, a little holy TLC, God can do some wonderful things here and beyond. So may your life and our lives together be good soil for the risen Christ, ones that bear fruit in ways we never thought possible, without God anyway. Amen. Amen.